Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, which, by the way, I, I say this every week, we, we view it as much more than just a daily report. Um, it really is a knowledge platform, okay, from which we communicate uh, thought leadership on various strategic topics um, through the reports, but also these podcasts, uh, and we do webinars, and hopefully in the future, some live events. And along with our chief strategist, Shelly Cohan, who's also a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you to our conversation on the topic of um, and cutting ties with Russia. You know, Shelly, it's, it's, it's difficult to think, talk, write, or do anything without uh, this Russian invasion of Ukraine having uh, either a direct or indirect effect on everything we're doing. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, and in this era, of course, uh, of globally ubiquitous engagement with communications around the world 24-7 from day one, Really, when you think about it, since the first minute of this invasion, the entire world has not only been plugged in, so to speak, but they're also reacting in, in ways that I don't think uh, Putin ex expected. <clears throat> right. You know, and he's, he certainly didn't expect the incredible resistance of the Ukra Ukrainians, you know, including its civilians. I mean... Shelly, he, he expected a cakewalk, like a couple days uh, to take the capital city, uh, remove the Zelensky administration, all of this while being hugged and cheered on by Russian citizens in Ukraine as though they were being liberated. I mean, he expected all this, uh, you know, but all of his expectations were completely delusionary. I mean, think about it. Putin is just now <laughs> understanding what going viral really means, right? And globally. So it seems, it does seem like he's totally isolated and more so every day as his military is bogged down. And boy, that really reveals something that, that nobody ever expected the Russian uh, military to be as bad as they're performing here. So they're bogged down, and as, and as most of the countries in the world are, are not only condemning Russia, <clears throat> but they're also cutting economic ties, which is enormous. Indeed, um, uh, Putin's miscalculations, rather than victory as an outcome, uh, it seems like he alone is pushing Russia back into the dark ages. So anyway, for today's session... Um, we decided it would be timely to discuss to discuss who some of the world's major brands and retailers are cutting ties with Russia, uh, what the effects may be, um, which, you know, we can only speculate because, you know, the fog of war changes what reality is from one minute to the next. So, Shelley, uh, why don't you start us off with a short list it's really a long list of, of, and I don't know if you can get them all in, of some of the, uh, those major companies and brands who are cutting ties with uh, Russia. 
Sure. So the list continues to grow every day. Um, so what I have so far is over 300 companies. I'm not going to read all of them, obviously. Yeah. But for those that are really interested, Sc- uh, Yale School of Management is actually keeping an updated list each day. So, And it's really great to see this level of solidarity that is coming from really all over the world. The constant news and horrific events that are taking place throughout Ukraine and even being seen, you know, as you said, Rob, in real time, the invasion very close to home, if not literally, but also in the hearts and minds of people all over the world. So the companies that have imposed some type of sanctions on Russia in one way or another, uh, whether it's closing stores, shutting down factories, closing access, reducing operations, etc. Here are some of the kind of the big major ones, you know, fossil fuels, there's BP, Exxon Shell, transportation, Boeing, Airbus, Bombardier, Ford, Harley, Mercedes, Toyota, Mersick, Volkswagen, Bentley, Rolls-Royce, Jaguar. Um, services are Airbnb, Disney, Netflix, Apple, uh, Meta, Dell, TikTok, Warner Brothers, Spotify, wow. Expedia, PayPal, Samsung, Microsoft, um, Accenture is closing all their businesses in Russian and, you know, IBM. When you look at banking, it's, you know, Visa, MasterCard, Amex, um, KPMG, JP Morgan Chase, um, et cetera. When we look at retailers, which is kind of where we're focused on our conversation, you know, it's a growing list, H&M, Ikea, Nike, Adidas, Canada Goose, LVMH, Caring, uh, which has Gucci, YSL, Bottega Veneta, Balenciaga, um, Hermes, Chanel, uh, Zara, Burberry, Puma, Prada, Lego, ASOS, Under Armour, uh, TJX, um, Amazon is cutting some of their services back, and even some of the big beauty players, Estee Lauder, Unilever, Cody. Um, so, you know, for companies that haven't pulled out, you know, there's a growing list of companies that, you know, haven't pulled out, one of which is, as it stands today, this might change by the time the podcast is aired, but, you know, uh, fast retailing, which is Uniqlo, you know, made some statements and I'll, I'll get to that in one second, but that's kind of the growing list right now. I mean, it's incredible. You know, another miss in Putin's, Putin's calculus uh, driving Russian economy in, into a potential de- depression. Also, as you know, Shelley, uh, you know, President Biden announced Tuesday that the U.S. was shutting down their oil exports. It's only 7% of our total, but, but it does add to the pain. And some of the other companies with uh, smaller footprints and number of locations or service providers in Russia can more easily shutter the business than others. When, when you look at it, for example, a company like Starbucks, it has 130 stores in Russia. You know, so shutting them down becomes more complex, not to mention that the Starbucks in Russia is operated through a leasing agreement uh, owned by, <coughs> by Al Shaya Group. Um, and Starbucks did state in an article uh, in the New York Times it, that it was going to donate its royalties from Russia operations to humanitarian relief efforts in Ukraine, which is kind of ironic, but uh, good for them. 
And uh, they finally announced this week that uh, they would suspend all business activity in Russia and its licensees will temporarily uh, shutter locations there. Well, honestly, Robin, it's a good thing that Starbucks finally pulled out alongside McDonald's. So the average consumer is not going to understand leasing terms, franchising, you know, and other complexities in running or operating a business. Instead, what consumers see is some companies should be shutting down and consumers may end up boycotting, which we've seen in other countries as kind of a show of solidarity for the suffering in Ukraine. So these are more pressures are coming from influencers, social media, celebrities, you know, and all are calling to boycott companies that are not shutting down in Russia. So this week, Fast Retailing, the multinational company uh, based in Japan, well known for owning Uniqlo, said it would not close stores or suspend operations in Russia like other major retailers, some of which are their competitors, because the president, Tadashi Yanni, said the conflict would deprive people in Russia of clothing, a basic human need. Okay, Shelly, let me jump in here. This guy I've written about before. I think he's a little strange. But anyway, um, that, that's really kind of an absurd statement. But go ahead. Being a little Yeah, I mean, here. yeah, what he, what he then said, this is a quote, there should never be a war. Every country. Right should oppose it. This time, all of Europe clearly, clearly opposes the war and has shown its support of Ukraine. Uh, any attempt to divide the world will, on the contrary, strengthen unity, he said in a statement. But I think many people agree with his statement that there shouldn't be a war. But saying that the company is going to stay open because clothing is a basic <laughs> need. I'm not sure, Robin, this is the right move. No, I, mean, I agree. A temporary sanction of closing operations in Uniqlo stores would honestly not have a devastating impact on Russians being able to wear clothes. However, by keeping all the stores open, it provides money for Russia to keep the war going. So I I will add that in fairness, Fast Retailing did say it would donate $10 million and 200,000 items of clothing uh, to the uh, support the people um, who flew, who fleed from uh, Ukraine and the neighboring countries. Boy, you know, Shelley, there, there's another element uh, that makes Putin's regime kind of unique in history, really. And that is the uh, billionaire oligarchs. Right? Oh, my God, Robin. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. Treasury estimates uh, there are about 96 of them of which there are 25 who could be considered mega billionaires. I mean, incredible. They were anyway, these, these oligarchs were born as the USSR collapsed uh, when state owned and operated businesses like oil uh, were acquired by savvy and in many ways, corrupt businessmen and they privatized them. Long story short, the rise of the oligarchs who, under the acceptance of Vladimir Putin, who is one himself, have been over the past couple of decades, it's been they've been in a playground. You know, you call it nirvana, traveling in super yachts, um, private jets all around the world to their luxury apartments and mansions. 
you know, enjoying whatever fantasies they ever had with just money like nobody's ever considered. Anyway, the point here, Shelley, is that over all of the wheeling and dealing uh, full of corruption and illegal moves, uh, to the extent that they all hid their billions, much of it laundered and pit and put under other names, you know, and on and on and on. So because Putin has been a part of the big money grab, uh, the oligarchs have a great deal of influence over him, which in turn provides some comfort that they and their loot is protected and vice versa. Putin has some assurance of their loyalty to him. So as one part of the world's um, noose choking Russia's economy, uh, the US, Europe and Canada put together a task force to go after these oligarchs uh, ill-gotten riches, essentially to cease and actually seize their toys, if you will, not only to reduce whatever capital they are, are contributing to the Russian economy, but more importantly, they believe that when the oligarchs realize that these sanctions and seizures are due to Putin's invasion, the hope is they will put pressure on him to stop. Some of them already have. Anyway, as, as President Biden said, quote unquote, we are coming for your ill-gotten gains and good for them. Good for them. Well, the invasion, although 5,500 miles away from the U.S., will obviously impact every consumer here in, in America. The impact, while substantial, really pales in comparison to the suffering going on in Ukraine. Um, but the outcomes of the invasion impacting U.S. consumers may include rising gas prices. We've already seen this happening already. Uh, rising product costs, continued supply chain issues, shortages in you know, raw materials, logistics, cost of transport, and near sourcing may continue to grow as companies kind of look to be less reliant on offshore production. Travel will increase, so Matt, this may impact summer travel plans, whether that be by plane or by car. Um, one positive outcome might be that the higher oil prices will probably accelerate green energy revolution. You know, so some parts of the country that are seeing gas prices over $6 a gallon may start turning to electric cars. So, and this is all, you know, not, not to mention the fact the psychological impact on people all over the world and the continued growth of this kind of anti-bullying movement Many of today's youth see Russia's move to invade Ukraine as a major bully play. And yeah. Zelensky is a hero for standing up. It's the old, you know, David versus Goliath. Yeah, that's really a great point. And, and the major companies, including manufacturers and retailers in our industry, have really focused on the humanness of the business, all right, the humanity, people uh, beyond profits and the triple bottom line contributions to social causes and uh, the efforts that are just plain the right thing to do. Right. And the corporate social responsibility initiatives will continue to grow in our industry, you know, because of Gen Z and Gen Alpha, who genuinely, they want to create a safer, <clears throat> more peaceful world. And unlike boomers and Gen Xers, 
you know, these younger generations have this real-time view of what's happening halfway around the world. They have visualizations, they have pictures, videos. So it's very, very real to them. You know, Gen Z is more informed and more connected and they feel that individual action, what they do individually can actually change the world. So we, our writer, Eric Wearson, who, who works for the Robin Report, he writes amazing stuff. He's actually a highly recognized writer and producer. And here's kind of a fun fact, Robin. You may not know this about Eric, but did you know he has six Emmys? He what? He has six Emmy Awards. No, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. So anyway, he's wow. actually he's writing a multi-part series for the Robin Report on the topic of the Russia invasion on Ukraine and the impact on companies. So I'm really looking forward to reading it. But one of his key points is that while many people think that's what what's happening now in Russia, this whole Russia cancel culture, you know, brands canceling in Russia that really impacts people that have nothing to do with Putin. But he believes that this is actually not an example of Russia cancel culture. Eric believes that this is a watershed moment for corporate wokeness. Mm. Younger generations are seeing a war up close and are going to vote with their wallets, buying products that align with their own values. And this is one major way that younger generations can impact foreign policy. And you know, Robin, mm. he's right. So... Yeah. In a, in a recent Wonderman Thomas data survey, it showed that 75% of Gen Z believe their generation will actually change the world. They are creating a new normal and they're taking on these macro issues like climate change, gender equality, racism, mental health, and they're going to stand up for rightful causes like an unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. They want to really right the wrongs and fight for those that cannot fight for themselves. And Gen Alpha, following in similar footsteps right behind them, they just want to save the planet from itself. So the point here being is it's not okay to look around uh, or look away, and it's not okay to run business as usual. These new powerful generations of consumers are going to say stop and do something, whether it is ceasing business in Russia, donating funds or product to Ukraine, or other ways to somehow impact the suffering in Ukraine and support the country's effort to fight back. I mean, honestly, Robin, I love Uniglo brand, but I just can't shop there right now. And I'm not even Gen Z or Gen Alpha. Amen, Shelley. Um, you know, you really hit on one of my favorite beliefs and hope, hopes that our kids and grandkids are our only hope. A totally opposite, uh, my grandfather used to say that the young people were spoiled and soft, et cetera, and so on. <laughs> you, know, um, you know the story. Uh, well, I'm totally opposite. I believe they are our last best hope to save this planet, and, and they're serious about it. And by the way, Shelley, I, I think this is another huge miscalculation on Putin's move. All of the protesters, or at least most of them in Russia and Moscow, are young, millennials, Gen Zs, and so forth. Uh, no grandfathers cited among them. There, there were, but most of them are young. So Putin, the old KGB guy, with his other old cronies, who were used to the old 
USSR empire likely had no clue that their spoiled kids would rise up. And at the end of the day, Shelley, in, in his mental isolation, at the end of the day, the younger generation may build a momentum to force him down and out. Anyway, <clears throat> I also want to throw another entity that is <clears throat> cutting their ties to Russia, um, the Association of National Advertisers. According to a recent informal survey, an estimated 23% of the 180 ANA member respondents uh, do business in Russia. And of those, 25% have suspended or reduced their media spend in that country. So, wow. uh, it, yeah, and the survey also showed that half of the respondents support providing Ukraine with humanitarian aid, while one third said they plan to either cease or scale back their operations in Russia. Uh, the ANA strongly supports and applauds their actions and those of the greater marketing community to assist with humanitarian efforts in Ukraine and to promote peace, of course. And the ANA believes that when we come together and with one voice uh, for the humans we serve, uh, we truly can make a difference. Anyway, Shelley, a good number of the, the, that huge list of companies who have cut ties with Russia, a good many of them are members of the ANA. And, and today, those brands are viewed as social and political players uh, with a megaphone and reach uh, to give people a voice. Um, and as such, they are trusted to act on their convictions authentically and relentlessly as brands for humans. Anyway, in times like these, marketing plays an especially critical role in demonstrating, you know, a company's purpose and values and connecting with consume with customers in a very human uh, centric way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and they, they, the NAA urges all of its members, both those doing business in Russia and those which are not, to support the sanctions being imposed by the U.S. and other nations against Russia. We also, um, they also asked them to seriously consider taking proactive step, steps to uh, demonstrate that their companies and brands are part of the global effort to end this horrible crisis. Well, I mean, I think we really have to ask ourselves as business leaders who are not in politics, you know, what is our role and how do we contribute to the betterment of, you know, the human race? I think doing nothing or making excuses because a business can't partake in global solidarity is, is risky. You know, it's not the right thing to do. The consumers aren't going to stand for it. And it does nothing to demonstrate social responsibility on a grand scale. And if companies are supporting Russia, speak up and make a stand, but don't hide behind the fact that a company may actually support the Russia's uh, invasion of Ukraine. So, and, you know, really most importantly, as Brian Cornell mentioned at the investor meeting last week, when he acknowledged the growing conflict between Russia and the citizens of Ukraine, he said, and I quote, it serves as another reminder of our continued need to support our teams, our guests, our communities, as we all navigate these very challenging times. So employees, customers, and the general public want to patronize companies that care. 
truly care about their employees, the customers, and the world at large. You know, Shelley, that last comment by Brian Cornell could not be more powerful. And and let me wrap it up by saying this. uh, Two things, actually. One, uh, for all of our listeners and viewers, uh, whether you are a brand or retailer, do whatever you can and however minimal uh, to make Putin's invasion uh, note Putin's because it is. It's not Russia's to make it less effective. And two, um, let's all hope that a cornered, isolated, and paranoid Vladimir Putin with no seeming back channel, let's hope that he doesn't do something as horrible as a horrible Hail Mary mass, uh, Hail Mary pass, namely uh, using uh, biological warfare, nuclear warfare. I, I hate to close on that note, but, but it is real. It's a very real danger. Well, you know, great closing comments. Um, and for our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. And please look for us on YouTube where we broadcast our podcast as well. And of course, follow us on social media, link in with us, follow us on Twitter, the latest thoughts about the industry. And for my last comment, so I'm not viewed as so cynical, I hope to, to lift you out of your doom and gloom on <laughs> my last comments. But anyway, I want to thank you all for joining us again. And, um, you know, if you've got anybody out there has any ideas on topic for topics that you would like Shelly and I to, uh, participate and put together. Um, just give me an email on robin at therobinreport.com. And thank you very much once again. So just a quick update, Robin, um, that uh, just after we had recorded our podcast, we found out that Unigo actually suspended its business operations in Russia and condemned its invasion of Ukraine Uh, This, of course, reverses what we talked about earlier about the CEO vowing to continue to sell clothing in Russia. So uh, it's a great decision, and I'm glad they made that decision. Well, Shelly, maybe the CEO heard our podcast. (laughs) Could be. (laughs) 